All right, it is noon, so let's go ahead and get started. My name is Michelle Morris, and I'm with Consolidated Planning Group. Today's topic is um, Key Steps to Achieving Transition Success. We're really glad you're here joining us today. These webinars um, are always recorded, and we put them on our YouTube channel. We cannot hear you or see you though. So since we're in webinar mode, it would really be best if you put any questions or comments that you have into the chat box. And I will get to those throughout the presentation as quickly as I can. If it seems like I'm ignoring your question, please understand that that might mean that I'm about to get to it. Um, again, I'm Michelle Morris from Consolidated Planning Group. We are a holistic financial advisory firm that focuses on families with special needs loved ones. We are located just outside of Houston, but we serve families all across Texas and all across the United States. So welcome. If um, this is your first time joining us, I hope that you enjoy the webinar. And if you've been around a few times, I hope that you pick up something new today. So um, thank you again so, so much for for being here. Um, I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor today. Um, it looks like she might have had to hop off though. So I'm gonna continue until I see her back up there and we'll make sure that um, there she is. All right, Shannon. Uh, Shannon, thank you so much for having us and for New Bethlehem for hosting. Um, you know, we are excited to work with your group because people come to us all the time for things like protection plans and lifetime care, transition planning, ABLE accounts, and advocacy and education. And that's why we're here is to educate families. Um, you know, fewer than a tenth of a percent of all the financial advisors in the United States focus on special needs planning. That's what makes us unique, what is in our hearts, and why we're here with you today. So uh, Shannon, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit more about New Bethlehem, I'll run your slides for you. Shannon, are you out there? We can't see you or hear you. All right. It seems like Shannon might be have some be having some technical difficulties. So what I'm going to do is proceed. And then at the end of my presentation, we'll make sure we get Shannon's input unless she pops up right here. Are you here with us, Shannon? Okay, maybe it's me that's having problems. All right, Shannon, we'll catch up later at the end of our presentation. Um, sorry about that, folks, but I, I trust New Bethlehem will have some great things to say, and Shannon will tell us all about it um, in a few moments. And of course, now my computer is wanting to go very slowly, so I'm not sure if I'm having issues or if everyone else is. Um, anyway, like I was saying, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to put those in the chat. I will get to as many of them as possible. And we'll check back in with Shannon at the end of my presentation. 
I'm back. I'm sorry about that. I oh. was having some connection issues. Oh, yay. Shannon's here. Okay. Great. I'm so sorry. Do you want to go through some of these slides real quick? Yes, please. Um, okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm so sorry about that. I just, I That's to, okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, my name is Shannon and um, I'm here to talk about my center, New Bethlehem Learning Center. We're special needs daycare, uh, daycare located in Houston, Texas in the 77088 zip code. Um, <clears throat> We strive to provide a nurturing environment where children can grow, play, and learn. Um, we New Bethlehem was the birthplace. Of, well, Bethlehem was the birthplace of a lot of significant figures in the Bible, and so here at New Bethlehem, we want to try to raise um, our children to be kings and king, kings and queens in today's society, just like um, David and Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm the owner director of New Bethlehem Learning Center. I have a bachelor's in health education, have a master's in special education, and I'm currently working on completing my doctorate in ethical leadership. I have about 14 years in public education. I'm a certified special education teacher and educational diagnostician. So I diagnose learning disabilities for a living. I have always and throughout my whole career valued the uniqueness of each learner, morality, ethics, confidence in students, and providing children with the tools to succeed. <clears throat> so being the owner of New Bethlehem Learning Center, we believe it is our responsibility as educators to understand the things that we can do better to ensure that each child has an enriching learning experience. We have an inclusion classroom with an, a dedicated inclusion teacher that's dedicated to providing inclusion support with our, for our children with disabilities. I noticed a problem in early childhood education very early on in my career. Some of those problems, including lack of support for special needs um, children, lack of progress monitoring, lack of programs that focus on mental health. Um, Low-income parents typically have to settle for what's affordable. Um, early childhood, they, they lack structure and organization. They are extremely expensive. Although there's such a strong correlation between academic achievement and adequate early childhood preparation, these are still the issues that plague our early childhood family. Our solution at New Bethlehem Learning Center is to try to utilize activities that promote spiritual awareness, social, emotional, language, literacy, age, grade level, academic skills in a stimulating environment with comprehensive progress monitoring. We wanna make a positive impact on parents, students, and the community. We want to focus on emotional well-being. Um, with everything going on in today's world um, with mental health, we, we just feel like there is there's such a strong link between spirituality and mental health that we focus on spirituality during our um, early during our day for our kids. Um, structure, organization, and of course, low-income financial aid options. 90% of brain development happens between zero to five years old. That's a fact. So during those five years, we want to make sure that we are uh, providing these very crucial developmental, um, um, developmental activities so that our children can develop appropriately. Why did we choose our location? Some people have asked, why are we in the location that we we're in? Well, during my career, I've also noticed that the availability of low-cost quality childcare is not in all communities. There's such a disparity between our children who are 
special needs and low income versus our children who are special needs and high income. And all those special needs and special needs and all, all of our kids needed, the disparity was so great that I thought it would be important to open up at the location that we're in. We offer tutorial services for our, um, for our after school kids and even our parents if they need it. We offer um, cognitive IQ evaluations, academic ability evaluations, dyslexia evaluations, um, and interpretation of art and special education paperwork for parents that are going into the schools and not knowing what to ask. Our staff is continuously trained on behavior management and positive behavioral support techniques. We, our inclusion program is, of course, with a dedicated uh, teacher specialist that works specifically with established goals for our special needs students. We keep our parents engaged and informed via our parent engagement software. And we have videos and photos of daily activities and milestones that parents get in real time. We utilize curriculum that increase literacy skills, spiritual awareness, language, physical, creative art. So I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to um, explain what we do at our center. Uh, and if you have any questions, our contact information is below. Our phone number is 713-454-7840. And you can locate us at www.newbethlehemlearningcenter.com. Thank you so much, Shannon. I'm sorry. I seem to be having troubles with my computer too, just going slow, slow through the slides. Um, so they'll catch up to us eventually. Yes, this topic today is about um, transitioning and helping your, your student transition to adulthood. Uh, so that is exactly what we're getting to as soon as my slides wanna catch up with me. Okay, so getting started. Your child is about to go from school to real life, whatever that looks like for them. And there's a lot of different things that you need to be thinking about. We're going to go over these things at kind of a, a high level. Um, and when you have questions, feel free to ask in the chat box. If you um, are listening on our podcast and you want a copy of these slides, you can simply email us contact at cpgcares.net. We'll get you a copy of the slides and everybody who is here today, you will automatically get a copy of this, um, the slides and a link to our recording. So first of all, you want to develop a letter of intent. Um, we'll get into what that is in a moment. Work with a special needs planner like Consolidated Planning Group to help you formulate a plan for your future, for your family. Um, you should also work with an estate planning attorney um, who is well-versed on special needs matters. So you really need experts on your team who know the ins and outs, because if you work with somebody who does not understand all the nuances of having a special needs child, you might end up spending more to fix whatever that person does for you, rather than just to do it correctly in the first place. We would like for you to gather up all of the planning documents, you know, that way we can take a look at where you are right now. You know, you, you look at MapQuest, MapQuest, oh my gosh, I'm showing my age, Google Maps or any GPS system, and it wants to tell you how to get someplace, but you have to know where you are to get started, right? 
in order for any GPS to guide you. They need, need to know where you're starting from. Um, and that's what we do is we give you a roadmap how to get to where you need to be, but we need to know where you are. And think about your vision of what you want life to look like in the future for yourself and your family, your loved one who has a special need or some kind of a disability. So first of all, let's talk about that letter of intent. This is a letter, um, I use the word letter loosely. Um, this is where you are going to put together a document that tells about your child, everything that somebody would need to know if they were to step in to take care of your child, if something happened to you. Um, as a you know, my previous life was as an English teacher. So I suggest that you, um, you know, open up a Word document on your computer, start with the facts of your child, uh, basic family information, their healthcare history, what benefits are they currently receiving from the government? Um, where did they go to school? What are all their diagnoses? Have they worked or held a job and, and where? You know, start with the facts. That will lead you into remembering all the other little things about your child that, you know, we know so much about our kids. Um, it, it sometimes is hard to get it all onto paper. But like I said, if somebody is going to come in and take care of your child, they need to know, do you have a power of attorney? Do you have guardianship? Where do you keep, um, you know, where do you keep things? What about recreation and fitness? What does your child love to do? What do they hate? What if they're having a bad day? How can we get them out of it? All of those kinds of things. What kind of spirituality and values do you want taught to your child? Who are their legal guardians? Um, all of this stuff will be helpful. So um, like I said, do it on a Word document. Print your latest version, but keep it because as your child grows and evolves and your family evolves, you'll want to get back in there and change some things up in your in your letter um, and then print the most recent recent version and keep it somewhere where, um, you know, a loved one would know where to find it in case it was needed. We do have a template for the uh, letter of intent. If if you would like, you can contact our office and we're happy to get that to you. And now I'm just waiting for my slides. There we go. Uh, many people say that it keeps them up at night thinking about how are they going to fund their child's care once they're gone. There are several ways. Um, you know, first of all, you want to make sure that you preserve their eligibility for state and federally funded programs like SSI, SSDI waiver programs, any benefits available um, through the state, things like that. Uh, you, should, uh, you should consider establishing a special needs trust for their future care. A special needs trust is one place where um, they do not count that money against your child for benefits from the government. Um, your current life insurance that you have and any other assets, can provide funding in the future for that trust. And some people use things like life insurance as another asset class um, to provide that to their, their heirs. Um, an ABLE account is another place where you can have some money uh, set aside for your child 
and it won't count against them for those benefits. So what do you want to apply for and when should you think about that? So while your child is a minor under the age of 18, the Social Security Administration is going to look at the parent's income and assets when it comes um, to your child's SSI benefits. Now, as soon as your child turns 18, um, they are suddenly going to be adults in the eyes of the law, at least, even though they're still our babies, they're going to be adults according to the law. And um, what you need to know is at that point, the Social Security Administration will look at their own assets and income. So as long as your child does not have more than $2,000 in their name, one car, one house, then they will be able to get their own SSI benefits as long as they qualify as, as having some kind of intellectual or developmental disability. So you should apply online. Um, you can apply at the local office or by phone, but it's much easier to get that application uh, started online. There's a link for that. That will be clickable when you get these slides later on today. Um, so you're going to want to have evidence that shows proof that your child has a disability. That will be uh, mostly your medical history. You uh, are going to need to provide your physician's name, address, phone numbers, your child's diagnosis history, um, a list of their medications and what those medications are for. Um, if your child has worked, then they're going to want to know who the employer was, how much did they earn, and they're going to want to see uh, the past three months of your child's bank statements if your child has a bank account. Um, and you might want to even consider getting in touch with your primary care physician, your child's primary care physician, ahead of time to see exactly what is in those medical records and what are they going to be sending over. Uh, what you need to know is, first of all, after you apply, a decision on your SSI benefits can take up to six months, and sometimes it goes even longer. Um, a lot of people don't know that when you apply, uh, you think you're filling out your application for SSI benefits, but what actually happens is that they're signing you up for both SSI and SSDI benefits at the same time. Follow me here. So SSI, your child will most likely qualify for when they turn 18, not before that, but when they turn 18, they should qualify for their SSI. SSDI is a little bit different and your child might not qualify for that. We're going to talk about the differences in a moment, uh, but what's going to happen is you're going to get a letter from the Social Security Administration saying that you do not qualify for benefits. That is for SSDI. You will be disqualified for SSDI if your child has not worked to earn enough credits for their own Social Security, or if the parent has not been disabled or turned on their benefits or passed away. So a lot of times people panic. They get that letter saying you don't qualify you need to just look at that letter very, very carefully. And you'll probably find somewhere on there that it says that's for SSDI. And then later on, you'll get a letter for SSI 
saying that you are in fact qualified. After your local office gets your file prepared for your uh, SSI application, they send the package off to the DDS, Disability Determination Services in Austin. Now you can call if it's been a couple weeks and you haven't heard anything. Um, and you can say, you know, what do you have? What do you need? Um, did my doctor's office respond in a timely fashion? Are you waiting on something to make a decision? What's going on with my, my application? So there's the phone number for you for the DDS office in, um, in Austin. Uh, so like I said, there are different Social Security Administration benefits. The child with a disability can draw from a parent's record now that doesn't take away from what the parent gets, but the child can get their own benefits. So let's say the child has a disability that began before age 22. And when they turn at 18, they can get their own SSI benefits. When the parent turns on their social security benefits, like when they're in the late 60s, or if the parent becomes disabled and starts drawing their own social security disability, or if the parent passes away, those are the situations under which your child can draw from a parent's record. Now, if the parent is disabled or, or retired, the child gets half of their benefit. If the parent passes away, then the child gets 75% of the benefit. And after your child is on SSDI, sometimes they call it um, Childhood Disability Benefits, CDB. They call it SSDI. They call it RSDI. They used to call it DAC, Disabled Adult Child. These are all kind of different names for the same thing, which I know is very confusing, but they didn't ask me when they wrote the rules. So anyway, after your child is on this benefit for two years, they will become eligible for Medicare. So they should be at that point dual eligible for Medicaid and Medicare. So how do you protect these benefits that your child could get? First of all, you want to make sure that you have your benefits, your child's benefits saved in the right buckets. Because if the Social Security Administration sees an excess of benefits in a bank account, for example, just a plain old savings or checking account, your child could very, very well lose those benefits. You need to make sure also that your child is not set up as a beneficiary on any of your benefits. For example, your life insurance, your investment accounts, your bank accounts, um, anything like that. If it goes directly to your child, your child will lose those benefits. However, if you set up a trust, a third party special needs trust for your child, the assets can go there and then the um, they don't count against them. So it's, it's a great way to save for your child's future to allow them to be beneficiary on your accounts or any other well-meaning family members. You know, maybe grandma and grandpa or a loving aunt or uncle wants to leave something for your child they need to know how to do it the correct way so that it doesn't harm those benefits. Is your money in the right buckets? That's the question of the day. Get that special needs trust set up. 
put your beneficiary as the special needs trust for the benefit of your child and an ABLE account. An ABLE account is another great place where your child can have some money saved up. And we'll, we'll get to the details on that. So what about that special needs trust and guardianship? So you do need an attorney to set those things up for you. Your special needs trust, your guardianship, and also a will. An attorney needs to help you out with those things. And we are not attorneys. We are financial advisors, but we do have a list of great attorneys who focus on special needs topics all over the state of Texas. So if you need one, we can share that list with you. Um, and, and a qualified attorney can prepare these things for you. So it's really important. Um, so let's, let's switch now to ABLE accounts. You might have heard of a 529 college savings plan in the future. That is a 529C. It's easy to remember. 529C is for college. 529A is the same kind of structured account, but A stands for ABLE account, 529A. And ABLE actually stands for Achieving a Better Life Experience. So if this is something that can achieve a better life experience for somebody with a disability, then you can use an ABLE account for that. The beneficiary is the account owner, but it still does not take away their other benefits. You can put money into um, an ABLE account and um, they don't give you a tax break on that on your state taxes. And of course, here in Texas, we don't have state taxes, so you can't uh, get a benefit there. Um, you can convert your 529C into an A as long as your child qualifies. Um, and like I said, it doesn't jeopardize your benefits. Um, you can use your ABLE account to pay for, like I said, pretty much anything that achieves a better life experience for your child. And that includes food and shelter. Now, the thing we were reason we're bringing that up is because if you use uh, a trust to pay for food and shelter, there is a one third deduction to your SSI benefits. So let's go through that again. The ABLE account, it does have limits on how much you can put in there. Um, the limit is $17,000 for this year for 2023 or whatever the annual gift tax exclusion is for the year that you're in. So this year, 17,000. Kids can put more money in there if they have a job, an additional 13,590. Now you never ever want your ABLE account to go above $100,000 total or else again, they'll go after your benefits. Another thing that you need to know about the ABLE account is that uh, while you can use it on pretty much anything and the, the growth in the investments is tax-free and you can roll it over as long as the person that you're rolling it over to also qualifies. Um, one thing you need to remember is that with an ABLE account, Medicaid can come back once your child has passed away and say, hey, 
we would like to claim some reimbursement from this account because um, we've been giving you benefits. We've been giving you Medicaid benefits all these years. This is their way to get a little back. But like we said, it, anything that can achieve, achieve a better life experience for your child, you can use the ABLE account to pay for. Food and shelter, clothing, vacation, car, laptop, tutoring, financial services, legal services, pretty much anything. So ABLE account has a limit on how much you can put in per year and total, but you can pay for anything. A trust, there's no limit on how much you can put in there, no limit on how much you put, can put in there per year, but there is a limit on what you can use to pay for it. Again, this is a list of special needs trust can pay for these things. Don't waste your time reading this list. It can pay for almost everything, except you cannot use your special needs trust to pay for rent, mortgage payments, real estate taxes, utilities like gas, water, electric, sewage, any homeowner's insurance, any condo charges, food or cash. If you use your trust to pay for these things, then your SSI will be reduced by one third. Okay. So like I said, ABLE account, no limit on what you can use it for. Trust account, don't use it for these things. Okay. I must be doing a good job because we don't have too many questions coming up. Okay. Um, more things to think about when you're talking about special needs planning and who is going to care for your child when you can't anymore. It's really important that you plan ahead because over your life, first of all, you never know when something tragic can happen. Um, we were at a conference this past week regarding life insurance and they called it having a really bad day. Um, you don't know when that's going to happen to you. So the earlier that you plan for these things, the better because of the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. And because of the fact that things are cheaper when you're younger and healthier, like life insurance. And if you start planning early, you have more time to make a bigger impact on your investments, on your family um, wealth over time, okay? We want you to start thinking early about things like what's going to happen to my child after high school. There are educational programs and options. There are vocational programs and options. There are transition care centers, communities, classes, tons of options that you can look at. They might have wait lists. So you need to not only research what is available, and we have tons of webinars on these kinds of things to help you see what is available, what fits your family, what is affordable for your family. And if there's a waiting list, you can get on those waiting lists early to make sure that um, you get in. And make careful consideration. We always wanna say this, having a sibling be the caregiver for your child might sound like a great idea. And maybe at this time, your children are like, oh yes, of course I wanna help take care of my sibling. 
But in reality, in practice, it can be a little bit more complicated. You know, there could be a little bit of resentment or a little bit of a feeling of obligation there when one sibling is asked to take care of another one or when one sibling says, who are you? Why are you trying to control me? You're not my parent. Just watch out for those things. It's, it's sometimes way better to have a third person involved or a third party involved. So that relationship can remain a loving, nurturing, fun relationship. Okay, if, if you walk away from one thing, from this webinar with one thing today, this is what I want it to be. Make sure that you are on the list for the Texas waivers programs. You want to get on this list as soon as possible if you have a child with any sort of intellectual or developmental disability. These waiting lists can be up to 17 years long. And that's just what they're saying right now. In 10 years, who knows what's going to happen? So get your ch children on these lists. You do not have to prove that your child qualifies for benefits until they come up on the list. So as soon as your child is born, if there is any hint of a disability, you need to get on that list. Um, there are different waivers. Your child will not qualify for all of them. Uh, but this first phone number listed here for MDCP, class, and DBMD, the first phone number, everybody on this webinar should call that phone number and at least get on the class waiver waiting list. The class waiver is very broad and applause, applies to almost everybody. Now, MDCP is for medically dependent children. It's a narrower range of people who qualify. And DBMD, deaf, blind, and multiple disabilities is the same way. Um, but everyone can pretty much qualify for class. So call that phone number. The second thing you need to do um, if you are on this webinar today is to contact your local intellectual and developmental disability authority. We call that your LIDA. Some people say LIDA, 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 I don't know, same thing. Um, to find out who your local authority is, you can follow this link. It's laid out by county. So it might be Bluebonnet or MHMR or Texoma or Texana or, um, you know, what have you. They're all over the state. And if you are not in Texas, a little Google search for whatever state you live in, the waiver program would, would be very beneficial for you. Um, so contact your local authority. And then if your child is a medically dependent person who is over the age of 21, then you would need to call that last phone number, which is for star plus. Okay. My son is graduating. I see a question here. My son is graduating and I have HCS in place. I'm not sure about which program to look at. Can you help me? Um, I would contact your HCS um, person. The name escapes me for this kind of person. Counselor, advisor, whatever. Um, and, and talk to them about what all is available through them, through HCS. So this is a listing of all the different waiver programs. Um, like I said, some of them have a very broad range of people that they support, and some of them are narrow, like um, class is very broad. 
over 200 related conditions they provide support for. Um, as long as it occurred, as long as that related condition began before age 22. And then there are some like MDCP, which is only if your child is medically dependent. Um, and there are some programs that are meant for more mental, emotional, and behavioral difficulties like the YES waiver. Um, and Community First Choice is a program that serves a wide range again. So look through these, determine what is best for your family, for your child. Um, okay, so here's another question. If for any reason your child loses the SSI benefits, can you reapply? It depends what that reason is, why they lost their benefits, but you can always reapply. If you're unsure why they might have lost their benefits, you can contact us or you can contact your local Social Security Administration office and ask them. We might be able to piece it out for you, um, but they would know for sure. Okay, some things, more things to keep on your radar when it comes to all of these benefits. Um, think about forming a comprehensive special needs care plan. What does this look like as your child gets older, as um, you become older, maybe you're not going to be able to take care of your child the way you once did. You know, running after a toddler when you're in your 30s is way different than running after a child when you're in your 60s or 70s or 80s um, and beyond. You know, when you can no longer take care of your child, who will? Um, that's something to think about uh, and thinking about what that care is going to cost. You know, if you need a residential community right now, the cost is very different than what if you need that residential community in 30 years. And if your child is going to stay in such a community, um, how much is it going to cost for an extended period of time? Can your child age in place in that community? Um, and you need to think about how much all of that is going to cost. Again, get on those waiver interest lists as soon as possible. Um, SSI and SSDI, hopefully you understand the difference a little bit. Um, if not, feel free to put your question in the chat box and I'll help you out with that. ABLE accounts, we went over that. You can only put a certain amount of money in but you can use it for anything. A lot of people play the game, putting enough money in each month to cover the things it can pay for, letting a little bit of interest grow, but not keeping too much money in there because you have a, a mindful approach and you understand that um, Medicaid, Medicaid can come back and reimburse themselves with some of that money once your child passes away. Be careful of those beneficiary designations and make sure that any other loved ones in your life are aware. You know, you can just say something like, uh, mom, dad, we don't expect that you are going to want to leave money to our children when you pass away. But we saw this great webinar that was talking about the way it needs to be left to them correctly so that they don't lose other benefits. And we just want to let you know that if that is something that you are considering, that you do it correctly. Um, a special needs trust. 
we can help you find ways to fund that special needs trust. Once you figure out how much money you're going to need to leave to take care of your child, then we can help you find ways to get that money set aside into a trust that would be set up by an attorney, not by us, um, and how to fund that trust. Another thing that you need to know is that if child support is a situation in your life, and that child support is going to continue beyond your child's 18th birthday because of the disability, um, that child support will be, will be redirected to a first party special needs trust. You need to have that done. Uh, it's generally a pretty easy process, but if it goes to your child, it gets counted as income. So that, that would be bad. That would take away their benefits again. Residential living communities um, can also have waiting lists. Now they're not usually 17 or 20 years long, but they could be five, five years or 10 years. So if you think that this specific community would be best for your child, you wanna find out what their waiting list looks like ASAP. Um, guardianship. Guardianship might come along if your child is unable to do things for your, themselves, if you don't want them to be able to uh, drive or get married or vote, if they're unable to do those things, you can have guardianship over your child. In the state of Texas, we're going to, uh, the lawyer and the, the judge is going to require that you get the lowest alternative, the least restrictive alternative to guardianship if your child doesn't need full guardianship. So that might be um, a power of attorney or a decision-making agreement or um, partial guardianship, things like that. And you can get that process started when you're within six months of your child turning 18. We've done webinars with attorneys about guardianship and how that all works. So you can look on our YouTube channel if that is something that you have questions about. And then again, the post high school educational options that are available. There are options through day programs or now they're calling them ISS, Individual Socialization and Support. Um, there are programs through colleges and all kinds of information like that. And I see... Um, Asking for our list of attorneys and asking for, um, we can send our list of attorneys. We're not going to um, tailor it to you unless you call and make an appointment and become our client, but we'll send you the overall list and we will send out the, um, uh, the template for your uh letter of intent. Okay, so we'll send out those two things when we send the slides and the link to this webinar. Um, okay, so if you're you're interested maybe in this webinar and you want to see others like it, this link will take you to our upcoming webinars. Um, we do these two to four or five times a week, and we always hope to provide helpful information. Uh, we always answer the questions that we get, and we provide the recordings and the slides for you. This is our team. Again, we're based just outside of Houston. Um, Allison and Jeff are the owners. The reason they went into this um, 
special needs arena is because they have two girls who have some disabilities. So even though Allison has been a financial advisor for, uh, this is her 30th year, and I know it looks like she got started when she was maybe 12 years old, but um, we've been we've been doing this. We bring our expertise from different areas. Jeff was a financial um, financial guy on the corporate level for a while, so he brings that expertise. I was a teacher, so I bring that expertise. And my husband Andy is the other advisor. We're two husband and wife teams. Um, he was in corporate health and safety world. So he brings all of that knowledge. And then we have these beautiful women on the bottom row who help with marketing and phone calls and um, setting appointments and making sure all of our paperwork is done. Uh, they are the ones who are going to be calling you. Well, them and then me and Andy, we're going to be calling you. You did register for this by giving us your phone number and email. And what we're going to do is just call to say, hey, do you have any further questions? Would you like to set an appointment? Um, please be polite. We're just doing our jobs. If you would like for us not to call you, it's very easy to contact us first. Um, set up a free consultation. We want to answer your questions. We want to learn a little bit about you. And we want to then go into how we work and what we do and see if we'd be a good fit for working together. You can also follow our YouTube channel, our Instagram, our podcast, and our Facebook page. So let me go ahead and get back to the questions. I'll leave this up so you can use the QR code if you'd like. Like I said, you can call or email us as well. What age should one get on the waiver list for disabled children? If you have any inkling that your child might have an intellectual or developmental disability, you want to get on that waiting list as soon as possible. Because if your name comes up, you can start using those benefits. And that is a huge plus. And if your name doesn't come up for 15 or 17 or 20 years, then isn't it a good thing that you got on that list as soon as possible. You do not have to prove that you're eligible until your child's name comes up on the list. Um, so don't worry about that. Just get them on the list. Okay, what other questions do we have? If you have a question, go ahead and put it in the chat box. I'm so happy that you are all here with me today. You took uh, this, what, 45 minutes to an hour out of your day to spend time with us. And I hope that it's been helpful. Like I said, this is a, a high level look at what happens when your child turns 18 and why it's so important to have your money in the right places so that you don't miss out on these important benefits. If you have questions that are a little bit more personal, like I said, feel free to reach out to us. We will reach out to you just to make sure you get those questions answered. Um, and we're always here for you. So again, thank you, New Bethlehem. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for everybody who attended today. Um, reach out if you have any questions. I don't see anything else, so I will say goodbye for now. Please feel free to join us for any other upcoming webinars that we're having. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Securities and advisory services offered through Triad Advisors, member FINRA and SIPC, Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated and Triad Advisors LLC are not affiliated. Advisory services offered through Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated. Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated is not affiliated with Triad Advisors.